Hi, everyone, and welcome to another episode of MSTA Presents, the weekly MSTA podcast. And we are at the end of the legislative session, so it's time to bring Matt Michelson, our Director of Education Policy, back in. He, uh, he's here. He's not at the Capitol, so thanks, Matt, for being here today. Todd, I'm sure everyone's uh, kept up on all of the uh, happenings during session by reading uh, MSTA action each Friday. Yes, every every issue, I'm sure. But we thought this would be a, a good chance just to have kind of a um, close the door on session and, and tell everyone kind of what happened, how it happened, if we know why it happened, uh, and then kind of looking forward already into the next uh, next session in January. Yeah. We're we're not even completely a week away from the last one, and we're already going to talk about the next one. But you'll you'll understand why we need to have that conversation here in a little bit. So let's let's go all the way back to January, and and the reason we're kind of walking through the process is because I think it's helpful for everyone to kind of see where we were and where we ended up. Um, and we had some we had some great experiences this year. I mean, there were some frustrations, obviously, of course, but. There were some great experiences as well. So let's head all the way back to January and, and kind of start there. Yeah, I think like uh, any other year um, in a session, you never know exactly what's going to happen. And we we came off of a, um, came off of an election year where uh, we had a number of um, MSTA supporters uh, or legislators that had turned out and. And new legislators that, that came into Jefferson City, and you never know exactly how they're going to vote, um, you know, what, what their stances are going to be on issues. You can ask them, you can survey them, sure. members can ask them, uh, but you never know exactly where, where they're going to come down at the end, of the end of the day. And, you know, same as MSTA has a political action committee, um, MSTA uh, Impact, MSTA Impact supports candidates. Um, there are also other interested groups that push their own agendas uh, that also spend a lot of money. Mm -hmm. um, in Missouri, we have a number of uh, groups that support school choice, um, and many of their views are not aligned with ours, and they have very deep pockets. Yes. Uh, and they spent in the last election cycle um, over $600,000. Uh, and so you never know what session is going to look like going into sure, it. Sure, and those competing interests sometimes on the part of the legislature makes our job more difficult. Well, I say our, your job more difficult. We, we do what we can to support you, but you're doing, you're, you're the one that's there all the time. When we look day. across the country and see um, what's happening in public education and, and states that are, you know, defunding their public schools, mm -hmm. um, not supporting their educators. Uh, we continue to see problems with recruitment and retention. Uh, and, and going into this session, I think we really wanted to make sure that legislators knew how important teachers were. Mm -hmm. uh, and so I kind of we kicked off this session with uh, a big MSTA statewide capital visit. Mm -hmm. And it had been a number of years um, since that had happened. There's a lot of work that goes into putting something like that together. Uh, I don't think everyone realizes uh, how how much in advance that you have to start working to get that in, to the point where we can have it at the end of January. I mean, you started not just a couple weeks, but four to five months in advance on that. Yeah, one of the great things about um, MSTA is that we really do have great leaders, and they're able to really put things together, get information out, 
and then create buy-in from our membership. Um, and not just our membership, but also when you look at school administrators to make sure that teachers can get off mm-hmm. and come to Jefferson City. So uh, even with a weather incident, we really had a great turnout. Yeah. Um, and I think beyond that, you know this, Todd, we had we had great coverage in the media. Yeah, yeah, we did. Um, uh, and, and we've this year, I think that we've had several different reporters that have uh, used us as kind of the, the go to the people to, to come to because we're going to be up front with them and, and we're going to be honest with them about our position, MSTA's position, our resolutions, and, uh, and kind of where we, where we stand. Um, and so, yeah, for that event, we had some good coverage. Um, and like you said, there were some issues with being able to get there if you lived in the southwest part of Missouri or the southeast part of Missouri. Um, but by and large, we had the, the room filled, the, the yeah. rotunda was filled. And we ended up making up those days. And so we had a lot of members in the Capitol this year. We had a lot of exposure um, to legislators, uh, both you know in person and uh, through the media. Mm-hmm. And so I think that that really helped kind of set a tone that teachers are paying attention. Teachers are paying attention. They vote. They're following what you're doing, and you know they want you to support their profession. They want you to support their schools, which support students. Mm-hmm. And and teachers have the ear of family members so they they talk to family members they talk to church members uh in their congregations they talk to constituents local individuals that live in the community those individuals want to know what teachers are experiencing because they're they're hearing stories and so they and so they're finding out firsthand from from our members throughout the state and we had uh governor parson spoke Mm -hmm. at our cap statewide capital day um and you know, this year in his budget, uh, unveiled a number of uh, spending items that I think were really geared towards that teacher recruitment and retention piece. Um, and, you know, as those work through the process, uh, I think there was more and more buy-in to, mm-hmm. to say, what can we do to make sure that we're supporting public education? Um, and, you know, this was one of the largest state budgets ever passed uh, with support for expanding um pre-K early childhood education uh, with support for the minimum teacher uh, baseline salary grant to to raise that minimum teacher salary. Uh, And then also expanded um, funding for career ladder program. So, you know, a program that had gone away Mm -hmm. entirely from the state, from, from the state perspective, you know, career ladder was gone. Mm -hmm. Um, And now, you know, we're the first year back, and we're going to have teachers and districts that are going to be getting that career ladder stipend sure. uh, in the next week or so if they haven't already. And and that's that's going to make a difference in mm-hmm. people's lives. I mean, that sure. is funding that was not there that's going to make a difference in their lives. So do you, do you want to talk about the – so all of those things were in the governor's state of the state, of the state um, things that he um, – wanted us to wanted the state to work on do you want to talk about funding wise what what passed or you want to talk about that later yeah i think we can go ahead and just kind of talk about what was in the the budget budget. yeah um and what actually actually passed because i have some questions there's some things that i i want to make sure i i know they were in there but i'm not sure at what what level they were in there yeah so so ultimately kind of the house you know the the way the legislative process works the budget bills go through the house first then the Senate gets the bills. They usually attack 
attach additional spending, but if they have to make cuts, they make cuts. They send the bill back to the House, they conference, and they kind of end up coming with up with an agreement that they're going to send to the governor for mm-hmm. the next year's state operating budget. Um, so this year, probably the biggest items when it comes to public education is foundation formula, fully funded. Um, so, you know, I think this is, uh, we have about two or three years in a row now okay. that there's full funding for the foundation formula. Uh, a big one is um, the reimbursement for districts for student transportation. Okay. So the state reimburses 75% of a district's cost for student transportation. Um, just two or three years ago, the state was underfunding that by over $200 million. So they've put an additional $200 million. And last year, when the legislature did it, they said, this is one-time funding. We're only going to do this one time. We have a windfall with um, federal stimulus dollars. Uh, we don't think that we would keep this sustainable. Uh, so this is one-time funding. So one-time mm-hmm. funding became two-time funding. Two-time funding. <laughs> and uh, really, there wasn't talk that you're not going to see this money next year. Okay. So we're going to see where... You know, those districts that were really worried about, well, this money money might not be here next year. I think going into the next year, they're just going to have to know that everyone's going to fight to keep that money. Sure. What, talk a, just a little bit about the impact of, of being able to, to receive that money as a district, at least the 75%. What, what, what does that allow the district to do with funds that they don't have to put towards transportation? Yeah, so, I mean... Students have to get to school, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. So whether or not the state is going to reimburse the district for the cost of student transportation, that cost is still going to be there. Yeah. And so, you know, while it might not be a big number for districts, it really does free up, um, you know, money that then districts can use for things like teacher salaries yeah. okay. and benefits. Um, and so, you know, that that is just taking that obligation that the district has that the legislature and previous legislatures had said, we will fund 75% of that. And then kind of getting the rug pulled out from under them and districts saying, we're going to have to find this from other funds from either, um, you know, local sources or pulling other money aside to say, we're going to fund this because we have to fund it. Mm -hmm. Uh, Now they're able to free up some of that transportation money and use it for other purposes. Can, can you uh, talk about the, so last year we had the grant at for teacher salaries at 75% or 60%? So it was a 70, 30. So you're okay. talking about the teachers, teacher baseline salary grant. Mm-hmm. So um, it allowed, last year was the first year that the state did it. It allowed districts to apply to DESE to receive funding to raise their minimum salary to $38,000. And the way that worked was it was going to be 70% state funded and 30% local funded. So those local districts had to come up with some money to participate in the program. Whatever that difference was between where they were at on their um, on their lowest teacher salaries to raise all of the salaries below 38 up to 38,000, they would the local district would have to pay 30% of that. This year in the budget um, we're really happy to see that the state is going to pay 100% of the 
of the difference between what their minimum salary is to raise it up to 38000 So, So from our perspective, there is really no good reason for a district not to participate in the process. No, and this is actually, you know, this is something we've talked to legislative leaders about because we know that one of the issues that we had heard was about compression within the salary schedule when you raise all of those teachers up to 38,000 then you might have more veteran teachers um, that don't see the same kind of steps with the salary sure. schedule and so when you do a hundred percent and the, the local district doesn't have to come up with funds for that which the local district may or may not have mm -hmm. the local district can take that 30 percent that they were going to spend on that grant program and put it towards the rest of their salary schedule. So they can kind of eliminate some of that compression and hopefully, ideally, pay uh, their veteran teachers, their experienced teachers, what they deserve and, and make sure there's some, um, th that th the, the levels, there's some difference there between the, the levels. Yeah, so that you have, have a, you know, a more um, tiered salary, yes. salary schedule. And I think also, Todd, it's important to remember, and we try to always remember that you know, when we're talking about, we talk a lot about teacher recruitment and retention, but we also have a lot of recruitment and retention with other education employees. Mm -hmm. And so to take some of that money to, to raise our para pay, because every teacher I talk to talks about how they wish they could yeah. have another para, another great para, keep that para from going to somewhere else in the community to work. Um, so I think those are all vital to our bus drivers. We talked about transportation. Sure. But, can't transport kids if there's not any bus drivers to drive the buses. So, I mean, districts are starting to finalize their, their budgets, of course, obviously. Um, ideally, they would have liked to have known some of that information earlier, but that's the way it is. So now we're in a process where we're going to be uh, interacting with our leaders, interacting with our members to make sure that if they're, if they're in a district where the um, they're not taking advantage of that those grant monies that yeah they should contact MSTA yeah yeah because we want to know because I, I want to know yeah exactly um, you know these are things that we fight really hard for in the legislature and these are the intentions of legislators mm -hmm. that these things happen um, and so when they don't I think people like to know people like to know that so um, you know there are a number of other things in the in the budget um, as well I think that are, are very important when it comes to education uh, if you look at funding for grow your own programs, um, there's a lot of kind of smaller things like that, but uh, certainly all of these programs make a difference. We had mentioned career ladder mm -hmm. um, earlier, you know, the legislature increased funding, hoping that more districts will participate in career ladder this year. Um, and Desi actually reopened the application window for career ladder as well. So th when we get away from the budget, there were some other positive pieces of legislation that passed that are relevant to our members and our retirees, correct? Yeah, I think probably the largest um, the largest issues that actually ended up passing uh, were really more on the retirement side. Mm -hmm. uh, and these were issues that, you know, for, for 10 years we have tried to get passed. And uh, for the most part, it's it's either been one legislator here or a legislator there, and things just couldn't converge to to, to supporting that. And really, the biggest piece of that retirement um, of that retirement bill is the 2.55 uh, modification for uh, retirement calculation. 
So who would qualify for the 255 modifier? Then? So they changed the program a little bit. It had been in place until 2014, and uh, then the uh, provision sunset. So really since 2014, we've been trying to get that back. Uh, but the version that they passed this year, so you'll get that enhancement on your retirement if you have 32 or more years of service uh, with a PSRS um, uh, employer. Okay. So we're going to jump to the other legislation here. And is there anything else on the positive side, things that passed that we that we were working towards or working hard for that we want to talk to before we talk about how quickly some of the other bills came up and were introduced that we knew were coming? Yeah, I think really just, you know, working with the legislature, uh, building those relationships with our members, and then, you know, the retirement and budget issues mm -hmm. uh, that we were able to pass this year. I really think uh, uh, highlight the session, and then I think just getting to the other side yeah. of it is 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 keeping harm away. Can I? Can I? So let's go back to January for a second, um, and or when bills were being filed. And I remember the number of bills you you said that you had seen that focused on open enrollment. Uh, that I, I think it was mainly open enrollment, wasn't it? Or was it charter schools? Yeah, more open, than open enrollment, charter school expansion, yeah. um, expansion of Missouri's new voucher program, yeah. um, just kind of across the board, um, school choice, and stuff that we've seen in other states across mm -hmm. the country that um, have just seemed to kind of landslide, um, gaining momentum in, in each state and, and kind of each month as we in session sure and and so those were the stories that everybody wanted to talk about and when i mean everybody i mean reporters would call us wanting to talk about parents bill of rights they'd want to talk about open enrollment what what that means for school districts smaller school districts and so that it seemed like we spent some time on on the defensive kind of explaining what that would mean for those local communities and explaining what parents already have the ability to do when it comes to a parent's bill of rights. Yeah, and those bills, um, especially, you know, you had a parent's bill of rights bill in the Senate uh, that moved very quickly. Mm -hmm. uh, moved very quickly. Um, were you surprised at how quickly it moved, or did you kind of see so. that? I don't think so. I mean, I think we were still kind of on the tail end of, of angst from certain um, sides about, you know, different situations sure. in different school districts. And when you have 518 school districts in, in, in Missouri, um, you know, there are going to be people that are going to be upset, um, you know, if it's warranted or not. People mm -hmm. are going to be upset and they're going to want some kind of resolution to the issues that they have. And so, you know, the, the more that these issues get worked through locally, you know, I think people see that, yes, I, get a, I can get a much better resolution by working through my school board than I can going to the legislature and trying to get something done. We know that our members are constantly trying to work with parents. They mm -hmm. know that parents sure. are a vital part of, of each child's education. Um, you know, the parent is spending much more time with that child than the teacher is. Mm -hmm. So there has to be that working relationship. And I think that most of our members would agree that they would love to have more involvement from parents. You know, I remember one one day, probably in February, you and I were talking about the Parents' Bill of Rights. We were talking about open enrollment and just the number of our members and just teachers in general that were leaving the profession. Um, and when you talk about vouchers, uh, one of the things that you said to me that I was 
very poignant and I don't think people think about it a lot was Todd there is not a uh, there's one certification process for teachers in Missouri there's not a Christian school certification process necessarily for teachers there is a way that you get certified to teach in the state of Missouri and when when teachers leave they're leaving across the board and when we see the level of certification and teachers going in, into uh, the, the uh, into teaching and, and being certified and we see that dropping dramatically year after year I mean it's it's pretty alarming yeah when we see we see issues with teacher morale and and you know the lack of respect for the profession and um, the lack of pay which I think is also a, a lack of respect yes. issue um, it's difficult to get people to, to come and be teachers sure and, and like you said, it's. I don't. I haven't ever talked to anyone that said, "I know that I want to be a private school teacher or I want to be a charter school teacher," and we probably have a few now that say, "I love being a public school teacher and we yeah. love that." But I, I think they just wanted to be teachers. Yes, exactly. They want to be teachers, and so um, when you harm the profession, you harm all of education across the spectrum. In mm-hmm. my mind, yeah. I, I read an, an article the other day and there's been some studies and it's, you know, teacher that they, you talk about teacher burnout and everybody assumes that it's always just about classroom management or it's always uh, about all the, the ancillary things going on around the business of teaching. But, you know, talking to um, some of the, the members I've talked to, it's the amount of expectations that maybe one parent has for um for their student uh you know here here is my here's the homework for my student um and i want to make sure that you get it out of their locker and give it to them otherwise they'll forget a parent telling a teacher that i i I, I think this was uh, my 19th or 20th session working at the capitol todd i don't ever remember a bill passing where we take things off of teachers' plates. Yeah. Where we get rid of... <laughs> there was actually a bill filed this year that would make some professional development optional that is required on a yearly basis. And I think that that's probably much-needed reform because mm-hmm. we have a lot of these really good ideas. And yes, you know, everyone thinks that, you know, if it's CPR or if it's, um, you know, the Heimlich Maneuver or whatever those things are that people say think are well-intentioned but they're just taking away from educators time to be able to do what they do best and what they want to do yeah which is work on teaching and so you know another individual another one of our members talked about the amount of paperwork that they have to do for the the students that are in their classroom that uh might be on ieps there i have one person i talked to that has eight student eight students out of 26 with an iep and this, those students need the opportunity to be in class, but the teacher needs the opportunity to be able to teach all the students yeah. and, and help and, all the students. And I, you know, it's when you talk about paperwork, that was our biggest opposition to that parents' bill of rights mm-hmm. was that that legislation would have created a massive database at DESE that would have included curriculum, source materials, um, and then it would have had to have been updated constantly. From educators, yeah, and and it, that's just administrators weren't going to update that. It was they were going to put that onto the backs of teachers who already have all that information, 
And if a parent wants to find that information, all they have to do is talk to the teacher. And frankly, the state just doesn't need a statewide database of curriculum. No. Um, you know, we've seen how the state manages their information, and it's poor. Yeah. It's, they get a poor grade for managing yes. information. Yes. Would it would And the amount of money, I don't remember what the final fiscal note was, but it was... Yeah, at one point, there was $1.3 million yeah. in, and, you know, I think anyone that's had any kind of experience with technology and databases and how you manage that, $1.3 million wouldn't have, wouldn't have scratched the surface no. of making something work that would have been grade K to 12 of 518 LEAs and each classroom's curriculum. Yes. $1.3 million wouldn't scratch the surface. No, it's it's hard to even fathom. It's hard to fathom how, how that would be organized and how it would be searchable, let alone how it would be created. So yeah, that's it's, but the thing is, and this is probably what we should talk about next, next year this is this isn't going away yeah i mean ultimately you know that didn't pass ultimately open enrollment didn't pass ultimately voucher expansion of the expansion of the voucher program that we already have in missouri expansion of charter schools none of that passed for a number of reasons some um you know some of it was infighting in the legislature fighting between uh the Senate, fighting between the Senate and the House. So just a lot of personalities that kind of get wrapped up at the end of session. Some of it was, I think they just weren't the same priorities, maybe. They had a huge education bill that passed last year. um, So there wasn't quite the the emphasis. Um, But those bills moved pretty quick last year. They're not going to go away. No. Um, they're going to continue to kind of push some of these issues. And I think it's important that our members continue to build relationships. Sure. I mean, you, you can celebrate victories and we can celebrate some of the, the things that we were able to do, but we need to be prepared for the 20, the 2024 legislative session where we will see open enrollment again. We will see some version or semblance of parents' bill of rights, whatever they decide to call it. Um, we'll see vouchers, uh, an open enrollment passed by just a few votes in the house. Yeah. So, you know, we have some members that, that, that can really develop a relationship with somebody that was on the fence and ultimately, mm-hmm. you know, didn't vote um, the way that we would have necessarily wanted. You know, that might make the difference. Exactly. That and might make the difference between, you know, is your school district going to be a winner or a loser in open enrollment? And that's kind of disgusting to say. Yeah. But I, I don't want winners and losers no. in school school districts. No. I don't and I don't think most of our members want winners and losers for kids. No, exactly. But that's ultimately what it ends up being if if we're not careful. But I you know that we have the time now, our members have the time now to talk to their legislators and to have conversations, um, whether it be and they may know them well well enough to have that conversation somewhere in their town. Um, at church, uh, after church, at the grocery store, they can have those conversations and they have more credibility than we do with some of those legislators. Oh, absolutely. I mean, we can, we can go up there and lobby and testify in hearings, um, but we'll never have the same connection that, that a constituent has with their legislator. Um, and so, you know, our, our members that are the most effective, um, you know, they, they know their legislators and they're not afraid to call them up. Um, and, and say, what are you doing? Why are you doing that? And, you know, I think um, 
you can kind of learn how to make that impact uh, coming to MSTA leadership, coming to leadership mm-hmm. this summer. Um, and so I think there's a lot of opportunities that we'll have between now and next session to say, what are our programs going to look like? Um, or how are we going to get more members signed up for rapid response? Yes. Things like that. And, and if you have over the summer, I mean, every, our members deserve a much needed break. All teachers deserve a much needed break. But if you start to think about what are some of those issues that we need to focus on next year, email us, call us. We'll, we'll help you uh, figure out what the message uh, should be. And if you already have your message or your stories, that's great. That's actually better when you have your own stories of how it will affect you. Um, and how it will affect your communities. But we can help you uh, figure out how to get in contact with those individuals if needed. And, you know, we have our whole education pol- uh, uh, education policy uh, process. Difficult for me to say. <laughs> um, we have that whole process of, of how MSTA takes a stance on issues. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, that begins with open hearings in the fall. Yes. Um, and members can submit possible resolutions for what MSTA will support or oppose that we'd add into our resolutions document you can find all of this information on msta.org and then going to uh, the education uh, policy section i'll put a link in the show notes directly to the uh, to the education policy section of the website so people can check it out there but if you have questions you're always welcome to email me you can email matt uh, i know matt's going to take a break he deserves it um i hope i hope you're going to take a little bit of a break uh, maybe Todd, we'll see. Okay, <laughs> he loves his job so much. Just gonna sleep in your car at the Capitol that, all summer right. long. That's awesome. Um, listen, I I know that you are uh, ready to to think about and talk about other things, but I appreciate you being willing to do a recap uh, with me today, so that we can kind of catch everybody up on on where we are, what happened, and what we think uh, will be the case where in terms of where we're going. Yeah, I forward. think overall, if you didn't. You know, pay attention if you zoned out for most of this. You know, it, it, it was a it was a good session for public education. Mm-hmm. Um, funding wise, we're going to continue to see momentum um, on at least minimum teacher salaries. Um, the most harmful legislation that would have impacted public schools and students and teachers didn't pass. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, teachers still have a very strong voice in Jefferson mm-hmm. City. Yep, and we need to continue to share that voice, and next year will be a good year to do that. So, Matt, thank you for being willing to talk with me. Uh, we're around. Our our jobs don't end during the summer. We are around. In fact, this is the busiest time of year for, for my department. This is when we start getting ready for the fall with materials and, and uh, membership information and that sort of thing. So look for stories from us this summer, primarily on the website. Look for a summer issue of the magazine soon. And look for information from Matt throughout the summer. If anything arises or comes up, we'll make sure to get the information out uh, for him as well. So, Matt, thank you for being here. Thanks, Todd. And we will see you or talk to you in another week or so with another episode of MSTA Presents. Thanks. Thanks.